0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians, brought to you by the Locker Room app. I'm typically on there on the weekend, Saturday evenings during the game, post or towards the end. Chance to talk baseball, whatever's on your mind, come check out the new locker room map. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, of this Blocked Indians podcast. Uh, formerly of Scout, formerly 24 7, formerly of many a Cleveland sports blog, and here I am to talk about the Indians. This is one of those days where I sat there and watched a game and was very happy to be wrong. I you know, I predicted the Indians were not gonna win. Let's let's just be honest has not missed a ton of bats uh, and some of the people I was talking to might have been too much of a uh, an echo chamber where none of us were super high on him if I'm being super honest and yeah there were still some command issues he still gave up you know four walks and four hits in four innings that's a situation where you're lucky to escape uh, unharmed he also had a wild pitch which only advanced a base runner, but still it's another opportunity uh, for a uh, for the other team to get a point across to get a run across, I should say in baseball. but yeah, that's I mean, more often than not. if you have four walks and four hits, you're giving up a run. like that's just not the way it's gonna work out. Uh, but he was able to do it. six strikeouts, no runs across. Nick Sandlin comes in. He does give up a run, though. Brian Shaw, interesting enough, only faced one batter in this one. And he gave up, uh, or faced two batters. He got one out, I should say. He gave up a double that scored that run. So Sandlin's one earned run, he didn't actually, it was not on, it was an inherited situation to Shaw. And then Shaw gave up the hit that scored that run. Quantrell worked out of a bit of a mess. Uh, He's been a like, do you call it an effective outing when you hit a guy and you give up two hits and the bases are loaded and you survive it? But he did. Uh, you know, Nick Wickren, ugly to start the year, but it's about three to four strong relief appearances in a row. To go to Class a, who, again, doesn't shut the door. Uh, a hit, a walk, and an intentional walk. And then Karinschok comes in in extras. And... Shuts the door down. Yeah, shuts the door down. That's not how that expression goes. Shuts the door closed. The walk. You already have the base runner on. Strikes out too. Uh, I, for those keeping track at home, six relievers. They're going to have to do something before uh, this Seattle series. Uh, I don't know who gets shuffled around. You know, It could be Sandlin. Though they seem to be going to him, so I don't know if it would be him. I don't know who is the most likely or if they would... You know, carry an extra arm and uh, get rid of an extra bat. I'm not sure how they will go about it. The problem with getting rid of a bat right now is like Luplo hasn't been playing. Uh, he did get in in this one and I believe got a walk. Yes, he got a walk. But he has been kind of sidelined and he's been struggling uh, after his hot start. I don't know who would be the candidate offensively. Do you consider getting sent down? But they have to do something. Uh, They need to get a fresh arm. They need to kind of stretch this team out a little bit. So I'll be curious to see. I expect a roster move to be announced some point today. Overall in this one, so who reached base multiple times? Well, I mean, the star of the game is Ahmed Rosario. Four hits, uh, knocked in all of the runs, all two of them. Had a double, uh, just a huge game for him. Cesar Hernandez with two hits, both doubles. He's been on fire in the month of May after his abysmal start. Uh, also reaching twice. Franmo Reyes, I believe, reached three times. He had to hit a walk and an intentional walk, I want to say. Yes. And then that's kind of your list. Though, if you look at, you know, Bowers had a walk and then Loop Low replaced him, though he moved to right field. Kind of that that space in the batter's box had <laughs> reached base twice. Um, Rene Rivera with another opportunity. Andres Jimenez, oof. we'll we'll talk about him a bit more in the show. But another rough game. Some issues in terms of uh, just defensively, he's not living up to quite what we hoped either. He's just struggling a bit out there. It both it's supposed to be defense doesn't slump, but he's slumping across the board. This is a Cubs team that is now second worst in their division. At 17-19, uh, Indians sweep them. They're a game back of the White Sox. They get to face Seattle now. And, you know, not to your three stars, uh, Henches, Rosario, Ahmed, Rosario, to be specific there. I don't think I really need to classify based on how those two players played. And then Cesar Hernandez. It's, it's a really easy three stars for that game. Now let's take a second and talk about standings. If you go back to the beginning of the month, Let's see. I mean, I'm recording this on the 12th. You're listening to this, hopefully on the 13th. And at the beginning of this month, we talked about, like, the New York Yankees came to town at the worst they have been in 20 years, record-wise. If you haven't paid attention since they left Cleveland, I joked that, the you know, I thought the Yankees would fix what ailed the Indians instead of the Indians fixed what ailed the Yan- ailed the Yankees. And that's been 100% true. The Yankees are now a game out of first place. They are at 20-16. and 16. Uh, their, uh, run differential is one run below Cleveland's Boston. You know, they're, they've lost three in a row. We'll see. I am not buying the Kool-Aid of Boston's early season performance. I could end up being wrong there. And then on the other side of things, Kansas city, whew, you know, that's just best record in baseball to start the month. And let's go back to before the month began Two game series against the Pirates. They split it. You know, like, oh, they go, it's only a two-game series. And then the Twins come to town who are scuffling badly. They lose two out of three. Cleveland had had some ups and downs. Uh, they've been playing, I mean, the Indians have been on a fantastic stretch. They'd had a great weekend against the White Sox. Still weren't sure how things were going to go. The Indians sweep them in four. They then have a weekend series against the White Sox. They lose all three of those. They had Monday off three-game series against the Tigers. They lost Tuesday and Wednesday to the Tigers. So if you're keeping track at home, that is, you know, 4-3-2. Do your math. 9-10-game losing streak, going back to they haven't won since the first of the month. 10-game losing streak. And yes, the White Sox, the Indians, the Twins are part of it, but the Tigers are also two of those games. It's, It's not a fun time. Like the Royals fans... Uh, it was a super exciting time a few weeks ago and the bottom has fallen out. And a lot of this is my way of saying, a don't, don't jump the gun. I've been guilty of that because this is a daily podcast. I kind of have to jump the gun at points. I have to come up with things to talk about. I have to roll with the hot takes. I have to come in and have a point of view. Uh, but you know, the Yankees are getting ready to take, first Uh, the White Sox and the Indians are the top two teams in the central you look Oakland and Houston top of theirs it's the teams uh, San Francisco is really your only surprise team still at the top of a division it's going the way we thought it would you know divisions are normalizing and getting to kind of expectations and it just shows that and you know, I, I'll get more into this in a bit, but we're kind of at a point in a year where we spent so much time gripping about Cesar Hernandez. And now he's, uh, I think it was Justin Lada, I saw tweeted, he's got an OPS over 900 in the month of May. All the the issues with Bowers, not to say that Bowers has been great, but he's done what he needs to do. Yu Chen Chang is struggling much more. Andres Jimenez is struggling much more. Uh Baseball is a long, long season. We are what? uh, Into this one. If you are looking at the Indians in particular, 34 games. Quick math. What, 128 left? At 34, I mean, they're not even 25% of the way in. So for, it just honestly needs to be a take a second, slow down. And, you know, the Indians are one of the least knee-jerky teams in existence. I mean, the only thing that could be even viewed remotely that way was Ben Gamble. And I think that was more of a, we'll see what he can do. And then when he didn't do anything, it's like, well, there's a long track record of him being suboptimal. And they decided to move on. And I think that was the right call. But they're going to play the long game. They're going to play this out and see how it goes. Uh, They're going to see what Bowers can do. Because again, he is, is he the answer to the problems? No. But is he... As bad as people were making him out, no. Uh, and with a lot of the players on this team, that's kind of the way it's been. Like I said, Cesar Hernandez is a steal at the contract he has, and there were those advanced metrics that showed that he'd been unlucky. And you know, we talked about that a lot in the early going. This team hits the ball hard, but just right at people. And at some point, that luck would start to shift. And again, the Indians are half a game out of first place right now. They're fifth maybe sixth in the american league and that run differential they're playing well they've overcome a lot of players with sh- slow starts some shaky pitching uh they've been able to rely on that bullpen i mean that's a big part of it and for a team like this to make the postseason it's going to be that bullpen that bullpen is the difference between making the bull making the postseason and not and that might seem foolish and it is to a degree uh but it's more the fact that that bullpen's going to allow them to win a lot more of the toss-up type games, a lot more of the ones that we'd look at and be like, oh, this is statistically kind of a could go either way. When you have the bullpen they have had in the early going, which might be, I mean, right now, this is the most interesting bullpen, I think, of my life. When you're looking at what Classe and Karinschok can do, when you look at how well Shaw's produced, you look at Whitgren and Quantrell after their struggles early on. Uh, it's really interesting in that regard and just the pure stuff. I mean, Sandlin was a high pick. We haven't seen uh, Trevor Steffian in a long time. Steffian, Trevor Steffen in a long time. Uh, he's going to be, he should get his arm ready to go because uh, with kind of the use of this past week, he's going to be needed past week, past two games. He's someone they're going to have to rely on. But yeah, it's for this team to be where they are, with all the griping and everything else and all the concerns. I mean, I've expressed the concerns I have, but why are they there? Because they're one of the best-run teams in baseball, and that's just it. That front office is just about impeccable. They, we, I know they haven't won the big one, uh, but in baseball there isn't a cap. There isn't a situation that makes everyone have the same leveled playing field. Uh, if everyone had the same leveled playing field, I wonder if we'd be talking about that uh, front office and – you know, more uh, Belcheckian themes or the like, you know, if, if they were even with everyone else, uh, how much they could have won or how much they'd be respected. They, they managed to pull the right chord at a much higher percentage than everyone else does. And just, I want to take a second and appreciate that. And we all probably should take a second to appreciate how good that front office has been. Our first fantastic sponsor today is Locker Room. I talked about them at the top of the show and it's just a fun app it's a way to connect and chat uh, voice and also just like traditional like old school chat like uh, asking questions answering you can have uh, like if someone now as a general rule uh, I only let someone speak if they've like chatted a bit in the uh, the chat uh, but if you can get to meet some people it's kind of a fun uh, interactive way to ask questions to have a Remember for the longest time running sites where it's like trying to get integrated chat software. This is the integrated chat software we always wanted with even more features. Go download the free locker room app now currently available on all iOS devices. And there is a beta on Android. Be sure to create a profile link or Twitter. Join the NFL, MLB, NHL group uh, of your choosing for the latest league updates. Remember to follow me at JeffMLBDraft to be notified when my room goes live No, you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this Saturday during the Indians game. I can't wait to hear from everyone's thoughts on the Indians. See you there. Locker room. Changing the way we talk about sports. Rock Auto. How many, you know, they have everything. It's You could almost have like a game where you go to rockauto.com and the the goal of this game is to find what they don't have. It's... all the savings that you could have the easy to navigate site family owned for over 20 years one central location that cuts down the overhead that the big box stores have and they pass that savings on to you the consumer and when you go to rockauto.com and you do want to go there because it's a great tool to let you know that you are getting a good deal on the parts for your car when you go there make sure that you enter locked on in the how did you hear about us box locked on mlb locked on indians some form of locked on that lets them know that their advertising money is well spent that helps them out. And going to Rock Auto is only going to help you out because, again, it is a way to take control and know that you are getting a good deal on all the parts and pieces for your car. So let's uh, preview. Let's go check out the. I have all these tabs open, uh, as is the way. Let's talk about these pitching matchups. Uh, so. Thursday's got a lot more interesting. If you weren't paying attention, Logan Gilbert was called up. I loved Logan Gilbert at Stetson. Uh, he, I was, I believe, the high man on him. I would have to go and confirm that. A lot of people fell off of him in his draft year. He started out slow and then came on strong. I, I just loved that pick to death when it was made, and he has done nothing to make me move off that point. It. Gilbert was entering that year, one of the top talked about arms. And then when you're a small school guy and you don't come out of the gate on fire, it's like you get punished for that for the rest of the year. Uh, It's just the way it feels like Uh, it's kind of like what happened with Nick Gonzalez. Again, small season for him, short season, I should say, but everyone was kind of left with the last note for him. And I think, I mean, his final year at Stetson, he ended up being the 14th overall player item top 10 in that draft class. 13 strikeouts per nine, two walks per nine, eight home runs per nine. Uh what was he doing so far in the minors? Now only twenty-six starts for his entire minor league career did have the work of the offsite. 213 ERA, eleven strikeouts per nine, two point two walks per nine, point four seven home run per nine, six point three three hits per nine. Essentially he is underrated. I don't know where he is on top prospect lists, but I guarantee you he's not high enough because he wasn't a top 10 pro, uh, draft pick. There are probably players aren't as good because there is this tendency to not want to move out, this kind of what are viewed as the more elite players. Gilbert has been amazing, 135 innings. You just wish there was more. Uh, and right now you've got one start at AAA, nine starts at AA, and then that lost 2020, where honestly he could have pitched in the big leagues then, uh, if he had had a full season, he's awesome. He's a great pitcher. I highly recommend. You know, Plissack is a fun guy to watch. If you're an Indians fan, that is a matchup you don't want to miss. That's I. I think of all the games this weekend, uh, that is the one I am most intrigued to see. Is the one on today? Though you know, I'm, it always throws me off because I'm recording on Wednesday. But that Thursday game is the one I am most interested to watch. Sunday game might be the best pure pitching matchup with, you know, both teams aces on the mound, but the chance to see Logan Gilbert, the chance to see if Zach Plesak can continue building on his last few starts. This is the one that I am most interested to watch. Uh, now we don't have split data because he'll be making his major league debut. So instead, let's talk about Chris Flexen, who I'll be honest, was not really a huge on my radar guy. Now, you have to go back to the 2012 draft when he was taken in the 14th round by the Mets. That is where Chris Flexen started. Uh, He went over to the KBO in 2020 and then came back to uh, Seattle this year. He had had some cups of coffee with the Mets at times, nothing too extended. So again, it's like if I go pull up his splits, for instance, and I click on career splits, he has 90 innings total. Very small sample size. Hard to get some great data here uh, over those. You know, I, I'm sorry. He's got about a hundred innings, almost exactly 101.1. Uh, so it's it's still a very small sample size. What is interesting is in that sample size, uh, you know, a it the fips are bad either way. I uh, I just had never seen a negative k to walk percentage that he is you know walking at a higher rate walking hitters at a higher rate than he's striking them out uh his strikeout or his walk rate I should say in particular was over 7 with the strikeout rates uh, at about 6 for each of those he's you know and again you you if you're Seattle you're like well maybe he you, know, you can look at Josh Lynn Blum with Milwaukee, one of those guys who went over and came back and was a bit of a different arm. Uh, same time in 33 innings. I mean, Flexen's FIP is a 3.61. That's a definite improvement over what we saw for his career. He's still not missing bats, but he's not really walking guys. And he, in his other attempts with the Mets, his walk rate ballooned when he hit the big leagues. So far this year, it's under two. It's It's unbelievably good. And that's really what's helping uh, keep him where he is and keeping him on a major league roster. Uh, we'll see if he can continue to do that. My general feel, uh, Indians should be favored for sure in the first two games. You know, We'll talk about the weekend games on tomorrows, but just quickly looking at that matchup when you've got the rookie and then you've got uh, someone who has mostly struggled throughout their career. He, again, went and pitched in a whole other country might have uh, gotten some better coaching. Sometimes it's not even better coaching. Sometimes it's just different coaching. After spending his whole career with the Mets, he went someplace else. He finally started to find success. He came back and he's finding success in Seattle. Uh, So those are your first two matchups. With those matchups, both definitely should favor the Cleveland Indians. We have been talking about sports trade a lot, and it's because they're one of our new sponsors. And again, if you're an Indians fan, this could be an interesting opportunity because the Indians... Uh, all their best players, it feels like, were never top prospects. Jose Ramirez, Shane Bieber, Fran Mel Reyes. Uh, these guys were never top 100 prospects. As a matter of fact, uh Franmel Reyes was uh, exposed to the Rule 5 draft and no one selected him. Uh, Jose Ramirez was up and down early in his career. And Shane Bieber was a guy who was never even like a top 3-4 prospect in most places in the Indian system. Take a second to brag. He was for me after his year in the minors where he walked eight hitters. That's right, a whole year in the minors. And I can remember that because it, like, it was eight guys in a year. But you're trying to find the next Bieber. You're trying to find the next Ramirez because not only do you make money when these players perform, but you make money when they become in demand. So if you're buying at a low supply, when there is demand, all of a sudden it's not just performance that's generating money for you. It is also the demand. So you have two ways to make monies. When it comes to sports trade, sign up for SportsTrade.com today and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. Trading this is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at SportsTrade.com. They just added baseball, so go check it out for yourself. Uh, Bet online. We've talked about that. They are all your odds and info, all your sporting needs. Let's go see what their line is for the game today. Let's see what they think about Plesak versus uh, Logan Gilbert. Now, I'm betting a run and a half uh, being given to Gilbert if I can find uh, the matchup here. And instead, it looks like, unfortunately, the Cleveland Indians are not featured in their matchups uh for the game tomorrow i am willing to bet the indians are getting a run and a half because it is a rookie pitcher versus Zach Plesak who's been pitching well of late and who pitched very well last year there's a lot of reasons to think that they might favor the indians in that particular matchup while that one is currently not listed or available you can find so many other great things over at betonline.ag check it out for yourself head to their website sign up today receive a five zero fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use that promo code locked on 50 percent bonus (laughs) you you go put down a big deposit get a 50 percent bonus just got to be smart about how to do it go check it out for yourself don't sit on the sidelines anymore this is your chance to get in the game as teams uh, as the baseball season you know really starts to take off betonline.ag promo code locked on so for the last bit of the show today I thought we'd go look at the Seattle series. It's a big series, four games. The Indians are half a game out of first. It's the beginning of a West Coast trip. Let's go look at them on Baseball Savant. Let's see what some of that advanced metrics and data tell us about this Seattle Mariners team and this matchup in particular. And really, the first takeaway is not good for a Mariners fan. Uh, it's all blue, light blue, dark blue. There is not a single hitter generating red data over on Baseball Savant. Now, you know, red data is good. Blue data is bad. That means you're in the lower 10% of players in the league. Uh, the darker the blue, they've got more, quite a few players in the dark blue area. That means you were in the like lower three percentages. If you're kind of more of a white, you're getting closer to the 10 to 15 range. Uh, yeah, so Evan White in particular, and he's got two, four, six, eight categories. Uh, and all the expected categories for him are Light to dark blue. So, Evan White has been a disaster. And as you might recall, former first round pick and one of those guys who signed a contract before he played in the big leagues. Uh, so, that added pressures there for everyone. JP Crawford, who played pretty well last year, defense first type of shortstop, good athletic profile, struggling. Uh, he's not barreling, he's not hitting the ball hard, he is not hitting with exit velocity. And his slugging is some amongst the worst in the league. Uh, Taylor Trammell, we talked about that if Kalanick gets called up, he probably gets sent down. I've discussed over the past two seasons, because Taylor Trammell's name came up, you know, essentially the Indians acquired him then traded him to San Diego when they made the Bauer deal. And I've discussed my reasons why I was not high on Trammell then and why I'd stayed kind of lukewarm on him. You can go listen to many a podcasts and hear those takes, but he has struggled mightily. And then Dylan Moore also has a light white there. Now the guys who have performed well for them this year, uh, Mitch Hanger and uh, Ty France. Ty France uh, is hitting well, but does not have anything that, you know, hits that red mark uh, in spite of good production so far in the early going. The big thing I think with him, as I'm, you know, exp- trying to look at his data. I mean, he's got the ch- He's not chasing balls. He's walking and he's not striking out. He, that's essentially what it comes down to. Everything else is kind of okay. But if you're not chasing a bad pitch, you're not striking out too much, but you are walking. That's going to be a profile that's advantageous for you as a hitter. And it's going to be a way to find success. France is just interesting because he's one of those guys who almost didn't get added to the rule five, at one point for the Padres and struggled to find a spot for them for a while. Hanger on the other side of things. Hard hit percentage is 73. Slugging, 83. Barrel, 83. Uh, expected batting average, 55. Expected weighted on base is a 64. And outfield jump is a 70. He is whiffing at a blue rate. Chase rate, not great. Outs above average, not great. But he's hitting the ball hard. Uh, if you're looking for a power hitting outfielder, we discussed him on yesterday's show. That's what he's doing. And he's always been someone who's shown exit velocity. He's continuing to do that. Uh, his average exit velocity yeah but his max high end uh, still there he is performing you know pretty well not I guess that's what it kind of comes down to like Seattle doesn't have anyone who's like a great offensive performer some guys who are performing pretty okay and really the third best bat has been rejuvenated Kyle Seeger, uh, who you know he signed that big contract with them a few years ago and then Uh, Performance has been a little bit up and down. And this past year, I mean, he's essentially the star of the show. Barrel percentage 88, expected weighted on base 78, expected slugging 87, average exit velocity 65, hard hit 69. He is someone you can get to chase. He's at a 38 there. He doesn't walk a lot, and his whiff percentage is high, though he doesn't strike out a lot. Uh, Trick to him is essentially... Give him a lot of stuff close but hard to hit, and he's gonna chase. That that's the approach. But he has been the star of their offense and is the player that really should have the most concern in the early going in terms of uh the Indians and their uh pitching staff. Now Kyle Lewis was great a year ago, he's struggling this year. Pitching wise, they do have some reds. Kendall Graveman. You know, I kind of you can always tell when I get amused by something, I can't hide it. Kenneth Graveman had an unusual route to get here, but he has been an unbelievable closer. He is, I mean, potentially an all star for them. Uh, Kenyon Middleton, who was let go by the Angels, who are always looking for pitching, has also been really good. I believe he is currently on the disabled list. Graveman has been fastball slider changeup. And, you know, you go back, I'm on the baseball site, so it doesn't have, you know, all the teams he's played for, but it was like the Blue Jays to the. I believe he was part of the David Price deal, if memory serves correctly. Uh, Nope, my memory does not serve me correctly. Uh, You know, sometimes it serves correctly, sometimes it does not. Uh, He was part of the Donaldson deal. That's where he went. That's the big deal he was a part of. Uh, Didn't find any success. Was a free agent, went to the Cubs, didn't really find success. Free agent, goes to Seattle. Gets free agency in 2020 because he still hasn't really performed. Uh, and then this year, I mean, what a what a difference for him. Uh, he's never, I'm just kind of curious, like, did he ever generate? I mean, he had a 3.5 war with Oakland in 2016. Like, he looked like a potential. I feel like that was a year he started hot and then and faded a bit. But 1.9 the next year, negative one in 2018. 2019 doesn't pitch. Negative 0.3 with Seattle last year. And all, all of a sudden this year, he's at a 1.3. And average exit velocity, 94. Max exit velocity, 91. Hard hit percentage, 99. Expected slugging, 95th. Barrel, 87. K percentage, 87. Walk percentage, 74. Whiff percentage, 81. Chase rate, 99. He's an entirely different pitcher. I mean, he is one of the elite closers in baseball right now. His stuff, people are chasing. They're not hitting it hard when they make contact. gravement. Kendall Graveman's just been excellent. There's no other way around it. He has been their star. He has been their best player. Uh, when you get to that point where you're facing him at the end of a game, he has just shut the door uh, consistently. He's been as good as any other pitcher in the American League right now. Fielding wise, it's a good defensive team. I uh, have a lot of players who just perform well. Like you're not gonna. The Indians are definitely the worst of these two teams in terms of defense, and then in terms of running. We talked about Sam Haggerty, former Indian, uh, on the show the other day. He is their fastest player, 29.5. That's top 2% of the league so far in uh, sprint speed. He is second in his uh, age rank. And then you know, the rest of the grouping is more average-ish. But yeah, Sam Haggerty is the speed guy. He's going to hit probably like 9, the traditional like fast guy at the bottom of the lineup. Uh, for the Indians to win this series, which they should... It's going to come down to which team is hitting is going to be the least offensive. I, and you have to like the Indians because Jose Ramirez is a star. Uh, Fran Mel Reyes has played well. Cesar Hernandez has been on fire. Seattle doesn't really have... You know, we talked about Kyle Seeger's been great, but he's not Jose Ramirez. Uh, a year ago, people liked when I would do like the position-by-position position matchup. Very quickly... Uh, you know, I was afraid I was going to run short. I'm already running long. You know, I had someone mention that they really liked last year where I kind of just did it position by position. Who's got the advantage? We're going to save that for tomorrow's show, uh, the matchup with uh, Logan Gilbert, Zach Pisek. You don't get that. You'll have to find out. Listen, tomorrow we'll talk about, it. we may not talk about the game because, again, West Coast doesn't always work with teaching schedule. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked On Indians podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. Uh, Tune in tomorrow to hear how I rank these two teams in terms of their matchup, and I will also look at these Saturday-Sunday matchups uh, where we have pitchers with more established track records and that ability to really dive in the data and see how the Indians match up and how they should match up. Again, I've been Jeff Ellis. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft for the next year, maybe two. Go Tribe!